Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Great guest, uh, extensive background in media, especially radio and the audio arts. Uh, Welcome to the podcast today, Colin Lambert. Hey, great to be with you, Craig. Absolutely. Colin has spent a great deal of time, and I believe his hometown is Austin, Texas. We'll talk about that. But he went from a place that's hot to a place that's cold, which is Chicago, Illinois, and worked for a very long time in different um, different aspects, different responsibilities with Moody Radio. And we met at Global Partners Training in Romania about six, seven, eight years ago, and he got sick. I remember that. I don't know what it was, Colin, that, but you were not feeling good. And I finally met you on the third day at lunch yeah. and you were kind of, kind of getting your strength back. Do you remember that? Oh, I do. Uh, me and uh, Pierre Chastain, one of our station managers that was there, he was sick already on the flight over. I got sick as soon as I got there and actually had to go to the doctor while we were there. It was a, a, a horrible experience for me because I'm supposed to teach classes and I'm excited about being there to interact with these Romanian brothers and sisters and Eastern Europe. And, and I was down for the count and spent almost the entire week in bed. Yeah. When you finally came out like third or fourth day, nearly the end of the time with uh, partners training, uh, you finally had a look of, I would love a bowl of soup and some food <laughs> and some bread and some tea. That's how you look to me. I remember that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, those, those days are gone. For those that don't know, Global Partners Training was a wonderful program that went on for a number of years. It usually was in and around November of every fall. And uh, Moody Radio, and uh, you were the vice president of Moody Radio at that time, um, would, would hold a kind of a co- communications consortium or a conference seminar. And one year it would be in Eastern Europe and the next year it would be in Africa. And it went back and forth and was based on really good partners that Moody Bible and Moody Global Partners had at that time and uh, could, who could set up the local seminars. And it went very, very well. The last one I did uh, was in Bulgaria, which was a lot of fun. It was it was great. I think he did one more in Ghana, and then uh, funding went away as it sometimes does. And uh, you you retrenched and and went another direction. Okay, enough of that. Um, Colin is a graduate. He is a graduate of the wonderful Baylor University Film Film and TV and Radio Arts Program, and Baylor and Colin will tell you this along with Liberty University. I think are the two largest Christian universities in the world. Is that about right? I think it is uh, one of the biggest for sure. I do need to correct you. I did not graduate. I attended two and a half years at Baylor and then went back to work. So I did not graduate, but I was in the film and, and television and radio department for that entire time. So you didn't graduate from Baylor, but it's, I still think Baylor looks great on a resume, no matter what, what do you think? Oh, for sure. And it was a it was a family thing. Both my parents attended Baylor and I always wanted to attend Baylor. And so I enjoyed my time there. I just uh, 
didn't make it to class enough is actually what happened. I was working at two radio stations, the campus radio station and then a radio station in town. And that was my that was my passion. That was my true love. I wasn't a big fan of school and I just uh, I couldn't finish. I, I was so engaged with the daily work of a radio program, two radio programs, teaching students. Uh, how to do radio. And I just, uh, I, I wasn't making it to class. I wasn't getting the grades I needed to. My parents at the time were supporting my efforts. And I just felt really bad about um, using their money to not succeed at at the effort of, of graduating. And so uh, we kind of decided together that I was just going to go back to work. And, and that's what I did. And there's nothing wrong with that, because in your case, you were doing what you loved, it sounds like. Now, when you, you were working at local radio, radio stations in the Austin area, um, you, you must have done a little bit of everything, yeah? Yeah. Well, yeah, I started when I was 15, so I wasn't even able to drive at the beginning. My parents actually drove me to my first radio station job on a weekly basis until I got my first car and my license. Uh, but yeah, I, I started at the lowest level and have done everything I can think of at a radio station from uh, on air to cleaning, to production, to promotion, uh, all the way to leadership and everything in between. There's got to be, what would be the value of that? Because you started at the very bottom and, you know, you were a one man band. Yeah, you know, I, I as you ask that question, it just brings me to today, um, Craig, as I think about young people, even young people I've worked with in the industry who seem to have this desire and almost at times a, a feeling that they are owed something before dues are paid. And I know you and I are from different generations than today's young people, but there was something from my grandparents' generation, my parents' generation, and I believe even my generation that you have to work uh, hard to get somewhere, to accomplish things, to be given that next opportunity rather than it just being handed to you from somebody else. Not that I didn't get breaks. Don't get me wrong. I got breaks along the way uh, many times, and there are many people I'm grateful to. But I do feel like, uh, you know, I spent uh, almost two years working overnights, literally, Craig, when I first got married, two years doing overnights. Now, think about that. I'm brand new married. I'm home. Uh, during the day sleeping, she's home during the 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 night uh, sleeping, and we barely saw each other. I mean, that's the way my marriage started, but it was because of the jobs we had and both of our passions to do the work that we had been called to do. So there are sacrifices that have to be made, and I, I'm just amazed sometimes today that uh, sacrifice does not seem to be part of the equation. Yeah, uh, people want, uh, I think, to echo your thoughts on young people coming out today, um, work ethic, work ethic is so, so important. Um, and finish what you start and be willing to start at the very bottom and learn and watch, observe. You can learn from both failures and successes. You can watch other people that succeed and decide, okay, how did they do that? Uh, what, what, what was the formula that helped them succeed? And you can learn, you can learn from mistakes. Of course you can. Absolutely. Now, so you're working at these couple of stations Were these Christian, were these secular? 
Uh, so the campus radio station, like many campus radio stations, was kind of a conglomerate. It, it played, you know, rock and roll. It played at Baylor. Since we were at Baylor, it played Christian music. It played classical music. It uh, did Baylor sports. And uh, now I love sports. I never had a dream of being a sports broadcaster, but I had the thrill of working with one of the biggest names in sports broadcasting, at least in Texas, for years because he ran our radio TV department. I got to do sports with Frank Fallon, who for years was the, the PA voice for the final four in the NCAA double uh, basketball tournament. And uh, I got to do baseball with him. He'd do play-by-play uh, -play and I'd do color in the next inning and we'd switch. I got to do women's volleyball, men's basketball. Uh, just an incredible experience to learn from this guy. So there was that radio station experience. And then uh, the Christian station in town, which was teaching and talk, uh, one of the afternoon uh, drive guys there went to Dallas to get a bigger job there, and it opened up, and they hired me, and I was doing afternoon drive every day, Monday through Friday, in uh, Waco downtown, and then uh, working at the campus radio station every day, training students and learning myself. You had to do lots of promos, too, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Thousands, I did all kinds of promos. Thousands, maybe? Oh, yeah, thousands. And, and you know, those uh, days, Craig, were the days of cutting and splicing audio tape. So oh uh, to do with anything a, with a, well, with a, it was a hours. With a razor blade. Razor blade on tape, and you would cut out a section, and you would tape it to the machine, and this was so-and-so saying such-and-such, and then you'd find that space where you wanted to put that in. That's how you edited. You actually spliced it back in with tape uh, long before digital, my friend. And to uh, all the younger, younger people, maybe under the age of 40 or 35, this is called analog. This yeah. is called yeah. tape. And that's how you did it back then, both for audio uh, and, uh, and, and for video. With videotape, you, you, you did it electronically. Uh, oh, oh, let's go back 100 years. You, with film, you actually cut the film and would splice it together uh, with tape. And that's how you had your scenes. So you're at these uh, couple of stations and then something must have happened. Someone must have noticed you or an opportunity came up for you to go up to Chicago. Talk about that. So, yeah, there was a little bit of time between those two. When I was at Baylor, um, I started dating one of my childhood friends. We had met each other in fourth and fifth grade uh, and uh, ended up being my wife, Patty. And we ended up getting married in Austin and starting our lives there together. I actually began uh, kind of re-began my radio career as I moved back home to Austin. I was involved with a Christian station. I was two or three years at a country music station. Um, I was at a soft jazz station, so I, a, a bit of movement, which is normal in the radio industry. Uh, and then it was about the year 2001, Craig, you'll remember 9-11, uh, of course. Sure. I was working with a radio ministry at the time, but I was full-time with Fellowship of Christian Athletes working there. And we had a small team, but a majority of our funding at that time came through uh, people in the high-tech business in Austin. And unfortunately, after 9-11, you might also remember there was quite a bit of uh, deterioration in the tech industry and, uh, and in the economy. And uh, we lost a lot of dollars during that time as a ministry. And I had to be let go along with half the other staff uh, at that organization uh, just for them to stay afloat. 
And I began to refocus on the idea of doing radio full-time. I learned about a job at the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. I was aware of the man, D.L. Moody, the founder of Moody, but I knew nothing about the Moody Bible Institute. I knew nothing about Moody Radio at the time. Found about, out about a job that was available there and decided to apply. And uh, through a series of incredible uh, circumstances, which I believe were manipulated by the Lord, I, I made it there in the spring of 2003. And that's when I began my relationship with the Moody Bible Institute, which ended up lasting 15 years. That, uh, I'm gonna talk about how that's a big move from Texas to Chicago, but you brought up something about soft jazz radio and country and Western. A lot of our audience are faith-based believers, communicators, work in ministries and uh, some tech. Talk for a moment, you know, what, about being a Christian, a person of faith, working at a secular station and trying to be a light in the darkness. Uh, any words of wisdom on that? Yeah, and I, you know, I know times change, but I think there's some things similar probably that people face today. I'll tell you at every single location that I remember working at as a Christ follower in a secular setting, I don't remember any other Christ followers there with me. In other words, I don't remember expressing anything about my faith and someone going, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in church. I go to such and such, or I just don't ever remember that happening in my entire time in secular media. So I was uh, alone. I felt uh, an island at times. Um, and I was also very cautious about what I did, uh, whether it was just built into me or the Lord gave me grace. I was very cautious, but I was also bold at times. Let me give you an example. There was a I was, I was part of the number one country radio station in Austin for 12 years, Case 101, and I started there working overnights, but they quickly saw that I had the ability to interview people and to engage with people, and they actually started handing me interviews with people that I never thought I would even meet, the Reba McIntyre, Steve Warner, the Judds, people like that at the time who were the tops of the charts. They would hand these interviews off to me, and I thought, man, that's incredible. Well, one of the challenges was you got handed all kind of work, especially being a lower guy on the totem pole, which I was, uh, you know, country music at that time was known for a lot of events at bars, uh, things like uh, dancing contests, even worse, wet t-shirt contests, things like that. Beer sponsorships were huge and were um paying for a lot of uh, things that we did in country radio, sponsoring the rodeo and things like that. I, I went early on, like right when I got to this country radio station to the lady that directed traffic. And for those who don't know, I'm not talking about traffic like cars, it's traffic relating to paperwork related to advertisers who are on the, on the programming. And I just simply asked her quietly out of the view of other people. I said, Carol, would you please not schedule me to do beer commercials or anything that promotes things like dance or wet t-shirt contests that are what I feel degrading to women. I just said, I would really rather not be a part. I said, I'll do anything you want. I'll record as many spots as you want. I'll get as involved in going out and representing the station as you want. There's just a few things I'd really rather not do if you would allow that. And amazingly and wonderfully, uh, gracefully, she said, yes, she never questioned me. She never said anything, but she never asked me from that moment on to do anything that was against uh, some of my concerns as a follower of Christ. 
So in one sense, there was an opportunity to share my faith in a way of just saying, look, I have some boundaries in my life, and these are those, and I hope that we can come to a place of agreement out of the limelight, not making a big deal, just person to person. Hey, can you do this? So I think maybe one thing, Craig, is just communication with people and honest, authentic, caring, gentle communication with people, I think, is always advantageous. And then the other thing I would say that came from that time was people coming to me and saying things to me. They knew there was something different. They knew that I acted different. They knew that I wasn't going out to happy hour every night. They knew that I wasn't at some of these events. And I don't know that they ever asked anybody, but they would occasionally come to me. There was a guy, one of the most incredible voices in Austin radio ever. He was named Nick Coster, the imposter. He uh, was with a top 40 station and then came to do country. I followed him. He was on seven to midnight every night. I came in at midnight, went till five the next morning. A couple of times I would find Nick Coster literally co coiled up underneath the board uh, at the radio station, uh, almost in a fetal position because he was in such terrible depression. And two or three times he would ask me questions about my faith, about God, about life. And I had the opportunity to share with him. Now, I don't know whatever happened, nothing, you know, he didn't miraculously get saved there in the studio, but I had opportunities to share my faith with people. And again, it was in, in quiet. It was uh, alone. It was face to face with somebody out of the way. I just think oftentimes we feel like we have to have a Bible on our desk or we have to be blaring our music and, and confronting people. And I can be confront confrontational. I can be. I have that in me. But I found in those settings, the best opportunities I had was to just try to have real, authentic conversation with people and share some of the realities and truths of my life and see how I could potentially help them and ultimately pray for them. Amen to that. That's when the Holy Spirit shows up. That's for sure. Good example of uh, honoring God and honoring the convictions that God gives you that are biblical. Great time talking to creative leader and media guru, uh, Colin Lambert. Join us for the next episode. We'll pick up where we left off. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.